Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is another podcast of World Wide Wave, the international LGBT news and current affairs show, every week on Australia's first LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. Surfing the globe, bringing you news, views and current affairs for the LGBT community. This is the World Wide Wave. It's World Wide Wave time, Joy's international news and current affairs show for and by the LGBTI community. We love taking around the globe one queer story at a time. I'm Matt and we are live from the Victorian Pride Centre where tonight I'm joined full house by Stefan. Good evening. Shannon. Good evening, everyone. And hello, Alex. Bonsoir. In every conflict, there are stories of heroes. Sometimes the heroes are hidden, their names unknown. Like underground networks who help evacuate people at risk. Even today, this goes on. And there is even an international band of rainbow-caped heroes saving the lives of LGBTI people at risk, pla- at risk in places like Chechnya, Kenya and Afghanistan. Rainbow Railroad, rainbow Railroad is a Canadian-based non-for-profit working internationally to help evacuate LGBTIQ people facing persecution based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. <clears throat> In the past week, they coordinated an airlift for 29 LGBTIQ Afghans to safety in the UK. Eric Wright, the communications officer at Rainbow Railroad, joined us to give us an insight into their very challenging work. And here's a taste of what's coming up tonight. Just in 2020, we responded to a crackdown on a shelter in and around Kampala, uh, so that, that speaks to the, the levels of desperation that LGBTQI people face in, in some of those countries in Central Africa. So therefore, they're seeking a way out through Kenya. Previously on World Wide Wave, we have brought you the harrowing stories of LGBT refugees inside the infamous Kukuma refugee camp in Kenya, having escaped physical violence or even death in their original African country. LGBT refugees fled to Kenya, but inside their refugee camp they are subjected to further discrimination and violence. Rainbow Railroad, in partnership with ORAM, the Organisation for Refuge, Asylum and Migration, have released a report on the challenges faced by LGBTIQ refugees in the camp. Eric Wright is a communications officer for Rainbow Railroad, and we asked him to give us an idea of what life is like for LGBT people in Kenya's Kakuma refugee camp. I think in the Kakuma refugee camp, what we saw in the report was that LGBTQI people have fled from all over Central African countries uh, in search of freedom. And what they've found there is that they've hit up against a roadblock and they can no longer attain safety for themselves. 
Uh, so as we outlined in the report, uh, many of the folks who are in those camps uh, are facing violence and persecution based on their sexual orientation or gender identity, and they're not feeling safe. And so with the report, we really wanted to highlight that violence that was going on and then hopefully advocate for both temporary solutions for those people so the camps get more humane at this time, but also the ultimate solution for those folks is that they be resettled in a safer country, in a European country or uh, in Canada, the United States, or another country where LGBTQI people have a modicum of safety and rights. And of course, in being refugees and escaping to Kenya, Kenya's the meant to be the place of safety. They're escaping something even worse from the countries that they've come from. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and I, I think uh, Kenya, as we know, LGBTQI people face uh, better circumstances in Kenya. It's by no means ideal. Uh, and so for those folks, they are considering it a transit country. We know that in Uganda, we have responded to multiple human rights abuses uh, against LGBTQI people over the years. Just in 2020, we responded to a crackdown on a shelter in and around Kampala. Uh, so that, that speaks to the, the levels of desperation that LGBTQI people face in, in some of those countries in Central Africa. So therefore, they're seeking a way out through Kenya and uh, hopefully through the UNHCR refugee system. And Rainbow Railroad uh, is advocating for those folks to be moved out through the refugee system. Which is quite a process in itself. In, in the time that they're in these camps, though, the, the attacks that they're receiving are coming from other refugees, though, as I understand it. Is that just that um, innate fight for survival or is it homophobia or do you know what's driving those attacks? From what I've heard uh, and from what I, we learned in the report, it's clear that people are being targeted based on their sexual orientation and gender identity, just like folks are being targeted everywhere, every day in the world, uh, based on their sexual orientation and gender identity. Of course, it's hard to parse out the reason for any specific attack, so I, I couldn't say exactly what the motivations are, but there are definitely uh, allegations that there are specific homophobic and transphobic attacks taking place in the Kukum refugee camp and that authorities are not doing enough to protect uh, minorities within those, uh, the refugee system. And that would lead to the next point. So the police uh, or, or the authorities in those camps, is perhaps homophobia a part of uh, their lack of response? I, I can't say for sure. Um, I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to cast aspersions on, on Kenyan authorities in that way. I think, uh, you know, ultimately the solution here is that people attain safety in a country that respects their uh, human rights. And so Rainbow Railroad, as we made very clear, it, along with our partner ORAM in the report, one of the key recommendations is that people need to be resettled uh, on a priority basis. And we know that we are living through a refugee crisis. There are more than 80 million people displaced in the world across borders. Uh, so we're advocating for resettlement of LGBTQI people, but all people uh, everywhere who are faced with violence and persecution based on any number of identity markers. Is there perhaps a, a small ray of sunshine in this that um, within the Kakuma refugee camp, there has been, I guess, a, an LGBT community that has formed, whether that's uh, just for their own, you know, combined safety or, or connection. But, you know, there is this little rainbow community that has formed out of all this, uh, all this pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're a resilient people. 
and we will find community wherever we can. So uh, Rainbow Railroad is a type of global community, and we are working in solidarity with those communities in Kakuma, with LGBTQI people everywhere uh, who are struggling for their freedoms and fighting for the rights that they're are earned to them just for being themselves. And everyone everywhere should have the right to be themselves uh, and to express themselves how they will without fear that they will be persecuted. So that's what we have the fight ahead of us and what we're doing right now. Uh, the report you've put out with Orem has stories from refugees within the camps. What are you calling on the UNHCR to do out of this report? Absolutely. Uh, so we're calling on the Kenyan government, the UNHCR, and uh, community organizations and nonprofits to take 10 recommendations specifically. These include that the Refugee Affairs Secretariat of Kenya should fast track refugee status determination of LGBTQI asylum seekers with support from the UNHCR, again, to speed up the relocation of folks. And we also must have more responsive and sensitive protection services for LGBTQI refugees in Kakuma camp. And that's really uh, the Kenyan government's responsibility, as well as the UNHCR, who co-administer the camp. That's Eric Wright from Rainbow Railroad joining us from Canada on Joy 94.9. The uh, plight of these LGBT refugees, it's incredibly hard to... Um, you know, get a real idea of what they're going through. But they've come from, the countries they've escaped from have horrendous records on LGBT rights. So they've escaped, you know, for their life to Kenya, relative safety. (laughs) But then they get in a refugee camp and there, you know, there are physical attacks, there are verbal attacks, there, there is, you know, blatant discrimination. It's uh, really hard to see it as a, you know, as a positive, as a, a step up, isn't it? Well, there's, you know, you see this in a lot of um, refugee stories, don't you? It's similar to the Rohingya in um, in Bangladesh, who also then get just relative safety and find that there's other problems once they arrive in those camps. But yeah. Um, you know, the lack of um, security and, um, you know, you've got the housing issue, you've got the trauma issue and you've got, you know, the, just this, the maintenance of security once in those camps and that obviously, as in he didn't want to comment on how what could possibly be with the discrimination happening by those police security forces. Um, but, yeah, it's clearly an issue. Well, what about visibility within these camps? Because there is this... Uh, defined communities. There, mm. there is a, a an area of the camp where the LGBT community um, is situated, um, and they even had their own sort of pride event at yeah. one stage. So they're being very visible, which obviously brings that sense of community, but also it's becomes a makes them a target, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it does make them a target, but. Um, I mean, what I'm thinking about during the the interview that why aren't the countries where there will be more safety doing more? Because the majority of refugees are going to to countries that already are struggling. The majority of refugees aren't going to developing developed countries. They're going to developing countries. So where where are we? Why why aren't we doing more? 
Well, it, it seems from what um, uh, from what Eric was saying, there's these these layers to get through. You've got to get the Kenyans on board to fast track the asylum. You've got to get the UNHCR on board to help facilitate that. You've got to get the N country on board to receive and house and settle. Like there's so mm. many hurdles to, and the hurdles seem to get bigger. And the UNHCR's got a total lack of uh, shortfall of funding, you know, and we know that from Trump and all the various world leaders who've denied the true funding that the UNHCR needs to operate effectively. Yeah, I mean, you just you'd, you'd hope in the meantime, while we tell these people that they have to wait, that we'd keep them in some sort of safety or have some sort of system to really help that. I mean, we spoke to, not that long ago, to someone from Burundi who spoke about what it's like to be there and they had to speak to us anonymously because they were afraid of the government coming after them if they revealed who they were. So, you know, it is a terrible time for these people and, you know, it's just disappointing when then they we tell them to go and seek refuge and then they get hurt in those places. Uh, good that there is Rainbow Railroad there to uh, yeah. try and facilitate some of those. Uh, and, in fact, coming up, we find about find out about the work being done by Rainbow Railroad to rescue LGBT people from Afghanistan. This is World Wide Wave. Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them. Joy.org.au or your preferred platform. And uh, we would love to hear from you tonight. Um, in our interview coming up, we do actually ask the question about what Australia is doing uh, to help in this uh, refugee situation with uh, LGBT refugees from these trouble spots. Uh, be interested in hearing your thoughts. Is Australia doing enough? Should we doing, be doing more? Should we uh, have a, um, you know, a special criteria, a special visa class to get minority groups, not just the LGBT community, but minority groups out of trouble spots where they, they are, you know, clearly in danger. Let us know what you think or perhaps you want to send a message to the Australian government. Afghanistan has never really been a safe place for LGBTI people, but having the coalition of Western forces present did provide some limited protections. Now that those forces have gone, the plight of LGBTI Afghans is perilous. Since the Taliban regained power, the urgency to rescue LGBT Afghans has increased. Eric Wright is from Rainbow Railroad, a Canadian non-for-profit organisation that works globally to rescue LGBT people whose lives are at grave and immediate risk. The organisation has just facilitated the safe passage of 29 LGBT Afghans to the safety of the UK. We asked Eric if Rainbow Railroad has received a spike in calls for help since the coalition forces departed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, since the, the fall of Kabul and the, uh, the retaking of the capital, we have seen a huge spike in requests for help through our website on our Rainbow Railroad. Uh, we've seen over 700 requests for help through uh, various means including the website, since uh, the end of August, which to put into context, we usually get around 4,000 to 5,000 requests per year. So it's really an extraordinary number of people reaching out to us looking for help at this time, which it just really speaks to the, the gravity of the situation that people are facing on the ground. Absolutely harrowing stories um, of people who are really just desperate to get out. And how are you able to help? There, there are some confidentiality or just security issues here, I should say. Surrounding that, uh, we work with international partners on the ground in 
in and around the region. Uh, we work remotely and we work to provide pathways to safety for people by whatever means necessary. You will have seen that recently we uh, resettled 29 uh, Afghan nationals in the United Kingdom uh, with a partnership between the UK government, uh, Stonewall United Kingdom, and Micro Rainbow. So it's really in working in partnership with organizations in an ad hoc way that we can move people out to safety. But I, I, for operational security reasons, I really can't comment on the specifics of how those operations take place, other than to say that Rainbow Railroad is an organization that exists to get people out of perilous situations. The 29 evacuees, they ended up uh, or they're heading to the UK. Have the other coalition forces that partook in the, um, the, the battles in Afghanistan, have they volunteered to take on LGBT refugees? I mean, has Canada? Yes, Canada has. Uh, there have been multiple mentions uh, by the Canadian government that they would specifically assist LGBTQI refugees However, we have not seen any action on that file, and we are actually in the process of a new Liberal government here in Canada, and we're hoping that a new Minister of Immigration will take up the mantle on this file and will uh, we'll actually deliver on some of the promises that have been made. Specific mentions uh, in press conferences uh, and on social media about the need to help LGBTQI Afghans by the Canadian government. Rainbow Railroad is looking to partner with governments. That's our sweet spot when we can partner with governments, which obviously have uh, capabilities and capacities that we don't. And we're very great at, uh, you know, our niche is, is connecting to the right people. So 100%, we are ready to partner with the Canadian government. We have been advocating since day one that the Canadian and the American governments work with us uh, to help uh, LGBTQI people get out now by doing any number of things, uh, creating special programs like with the United Kingdom, by waiving uh, visa requirements, uh, by considering uh, refugees, uh, just refugees without having crossed international borders, so internationally dis- uh, internally displaced persons, helping them actually get out of the country directly instead of having to cross a land border before departing. So there are, there are many ways. Uh, this is really a question of political will, and we're hopeful that the Canadian government, the American government, and possibly even the Australian government will show moral leadership on this file. So my next question was going to be exactly that. Has Australia chipped in and uh, is Australia helping out here? I can't comment on, on the specifics of Australian government involvement. Um, at this time, my knowledge is that the Australian government is not creating a special program for LGBTQI individuals. I know there have been targets to resettle Afghans uh, in the country, but specifically assisting subpopulations of LGBTQI people, I don't think the Australian government is at this time. And really what we, what we need are, if your listeners uh, want to take action, is to advocate to their members of parliament, their senators, to put this on their radar and make this an issue for them. Great. We will certainly uh, help give that a push along. You mentioned that just in Afghanistan alone, 700 requests for support, 4,000 across the year. And this, to my mind, would be the tip of the iceberg. So you've got lots of people calling out for help. How do you manage that quantity? How do you, how do you try to help so many people? It's an enormous problem. The scope of the problem is huge, and that's something I like to impress upon folks In 69 countries around the world, you can be persecuted just because of your sexual orientation legally, uh, in 14 uh, because of your gender identity. 
So the scope of this problem is massive and it flies under the radar of so much mainstream media that still in this world today, just for being who you are, you can be persecuted. You're absolutely correct. This is the tip of the iceberg and Rainbow Railroad works in a way to assist those who are facing the most extreme forms of persecution based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. So we're helping out people who are literally facing life or death situations. And we're consistently triaging those cases uh, to put the most resources behind the people who need them the most right away, which really speaks to our work in Afghanistan because it is such uh, a dire situation for people. In terms of the long game, what we need is obviously we need governments that are friendly to LGBTQI people. So for example, Canada, the United States, uh, Australia, you know, it depends on the government of the day, but we need those governments to advocate for foreign policies that are pro-LGBTQI to put pressure on governments to change their laws, change their policies, so that no one has to leave their home just for who they are, who they love. That should never be the case. Rainbow Railroad exists in this world, but we want to build a world where no one must leave. We're a solution that is somewhat temporary, we hope. That's our goal. From Toronto in Canada, that's Eric Wright from the international rescue charity Rainbow Railroad with us on Joy 94.9. The coalition forces in Afghanistan, they were there for a long time. Uh, Canada has some mentions but no actions. The UK has actually taken some. Australia has not taken any LGBT refugees that we're aware of. Is it the responsibility, do you think, for coalition partners to accept refugees from a, uh, a trouble spot like Afghanistan? Yes, I believe because we went in there partly on the premise that we were upholding liberal values in regards to human rights, including women's rights, but that should also include then LGBTI rights, if we're going to be honest. So I feel that, yes, that is a moral responsibility. Um, and we've done it to some degree with, you know, highlighting certain ethnic groups within Af- Afghanistan um, that were the uh, Azeris um, that need specific um, protection. So I think, you know, it's not without, it's not, it wouldn't be that unheard of or out of the ordinary to then extend that to others yeah i mean look we decided to go in we decided to we said that we knew what was best and that we should go in and we should help these people and then we left and we left without really a great plan on what that was going to mean for people left behind there Hmm. so we should absolutely be you know taking people in and we've put people at risk as well, the people that have worked mm. with the coalition forces. I mean, we, this has been talked about in the media a lot, but these people are now really at risk of uh, being, you know, um, that, of, of the Taliban... Yeah, reprisals. Yeah, and reprisals. Yeah. And yeah. Well, the suggestion there from Eric is to contact your local MPs and let them know. Coming up on Joy 94.9, we get a sneak peek of how Rainbow Railroad conducts their rescues. This is World Wide Wave. Hi, this is Effie from Pewa, Kenya. We are supporting gender and sexual minorities in Africa on the World Wide Web. On the show uh, that takes you around the world one uh, queer story at a time, you're listening to World Wide Wave. A special hello to everybody listening to us on podcasts. You can subscribe to receive our podcasts automatically either on joy.org.au forward slash worldwidewave or on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform, and don't forget to leave us a message. Which we have, in fact, had. 
Thanks, Jordan. Uh, we're talking tonight about refugees and Australia's role in taking refugees, particularly from these hotspots and uh, in Afghanistan uh, being one of them. Jordan says, not surprised at all that the Australian government isn't doing their fair share. Hashtag ashamed. Joy, 94.9. Rescuing LGBT people from imminent risk of violence or death is a risky business. Little, little cooperation can be expected from the countries where these incidents occur. It can literally be a life and death covered operation. You can get a glimpse of how it is done from the recent documentary Welcome to Chechnya or hear about it on our podcast when we chatted with the director, David France. Rainbow Railroad have been extracting LGBTI people from life-threatening danger since 2006. In most cases, absolute secrecy is needed until the rescue is complete. We asked their communications officer, Eric Wright, to give us an insight into how Rainbow Railroad works to rescue LGBTI people from danger. There are so many ways that we can attain safety for people. Rainbow Railroad helps people cross international borders, but we also help people in place through supporting them. We support them directly through subsistence, but we also support many partner organizations around the world. We are a global network of people. We support organizations in, for example, in Ghana, in Uganda, uh, in Eastern Europe, we have partnerships in the West. We have partnerships with organizations in France, uh, in the United States uh, that are advocacy coalitions. So we're constantly, I would say, an opportunistic type of organization that we're looking to provide safety by whatever means necessary. And how did Rainbow Railroad actually start? Rainbow Railroad began in 2006 uh, as a grassroots charity in Toronto, Canada. It represents uh, the best of uh, LGBTQI people coming together and focusing on an international problem. We, we began in Toronto. We grew to a multinational organization with presence uh, in the United States. We're obviously named in homage to the Underground Railroad, which for listeners in Australia might not know was a, a Canadian and American, or, or at the time, a British and American group of people who helped Black folks escape the American South to uh, what was then called British North America or Canada or some of the free states uh, in the North. So we were founded in that exact same spirit. And for you yourself, Eric, what attracted you to uh, get involved with Rainbow Railroad? What, what do you get out of working to deliver this sort of work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this work is about the the long game and the people that we're able to help. Um, I will tell you that I have just actually received news of the fact that we helped to assist another two people out of uh, quite a perilous situation, which was taking place in a country that I can't identify at this time. But the day-to-day of this job means that uh, it's it's really not about me. It's about seeing the results of my work and working with an exceptional team of human rights defenders here in Toronto, but also globally, and including members of the media who are highlighting the ongoing issue of the lack of civil liberties and, and basic human rights for LGBTQI people. So as much as this job is, of course, very important, and I am feeling very dedicated and passionate in my everyday work, it really comes down to having an impact and getting results for people that are 
people who are in situations that frankly I can't imagine based on the fact that I was born in uh, Canada, which is a country that respects for the most part the basic rights of uh, LGBTQI people uh, given my given my age, which is I'm uh, you know 35 years old. Young. So if I were born perhaps if I were born perhaps a few years earlier, I, I wouldn't be saying that. But uh, you know I've never experienced a, a type of systemic uh, state discrimination in that way. Well, the work that you and the team at Rainbow Railroad do is uh, truly life-changing for the people that you help. Eric Wright, Communications Officer for Rainbow Railroad, thanks very much for joining us on Worldwide Wave. It's been an absolute pleasure, Matt. Thank you so much. It is the kind of thing of Hollywood stories, isn't it? I mean, it's got all the all the elements of pain, drama, suspense, um, you know, that secrecy element. It does, but I haven't come across a movie about it have you no documentaries as documentaries close as but not um, they probably would make fantastic stories yeah I, I think um, and, and we, we sort of mentioned before the Welcome to Chechnya one which is probably the best illustration of what actually goes on so yeah, yeah. Um, the director and uh, um, uh, and photographer went along on this journey to bring some LGBTI people out of Chechnya, and you know, you and they were using secret cameras and all sorts of things, and, and uh, going to extraordinary lengths. Yeah, great risk. Risk to themselves, to themselves yeah. yes, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so, if you haven't seen that one, welcome to Chechnya. It is around. Um, certainly, highly recommend it. Um, the other thing that inspires me about this story is that this was started by volunteers. A group of people got around and went. This is this has got to change, we've got to do something and uh, it's become this multinational organisation doing great great work. I think it's, I think we I think there's a high time for us to have an Australian chapter of this organisation um, Should we nominate you as president? I would, I, it's an area of uh, great interest of mine so yeah like if, uh, well we do have you know, we do have um, LGBTI migration advocates here in Australia who have organizations don't we multicultural organizations as well yep but this specific they're not as specifically focused on helping in particular trouble spots globally yeah um i definitely think there would be scope and interest amongst our community in helping facilitate only need one story you'd only need to you know Mm. that get one group of people out and that would just everybody would just know exactly why they were doing it and, yeah. and what it really means to those individuals. Fascinating stories. Uh, Rainbow Railroad, we will uh, keep an eye on the uh, the two people that uh, they have just got out of a another mystery country. We'll bring that news to you when that becomes available. Want to hear more? Find out about LGBT life in over 100 countries. Download free podcasts of this show. Subscribe to iTunes or follow us on Twitter. Visit joy.org.au slash worldwide wave. A huge thank you to our guest tonight, Eric Wright from the Canadian not-for-profit Rainbow Railroad. You can read about all their great work at rainbowrailroad.org or follow them on your favourite social media platform. And thank you for the messages on Facebook, Brett, Liz, Ryan, and a heap more who have joined or interacted with us on Facebook this past week. That's W3Joy on Facebook. And Jordan on the SMS. And thank you to our podcast behind the scenes, Peter, and social media master, Dean.
Thanks for listening to another podcast from Worldwide Wave, the show that takes you around the globe one country at a time. Worldwide Wave is the international news and current affairs show on Australia's LGBT radio station Joy 94.9. You can listen live every Tuesday night from 7pm Eastern Australian time on 94.9 FM in Melbourne and online at joy.org.au. You'll find all our podcasts at joy.org.au slash worldwidewave or follow us on Facebook for the latest international LGBT news. Search W3Joy on Facebook now. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.